Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon for Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. That's what happens when you're convinced that the world is still in his hands. Now, this may come as a shock to some people, but worry is not a spiritual gift. It may be a spiritual issue, but it's not a spiritual gift from God. But as long as there's been people in the world, they've been worried. From the time that Adam and Eve started listening to the accusations of Satan about God, they began to worry about whether God would really be there for them or not. And then when they realized that they'd made a mistake and they disobeyed God, they worried about how can we hide it from God. Sibling rivalry created its own worry as well, and that was the result when Cain had killed his brother Abel, and he began, or right before that, he began worrying whether God liked Abel better or not. And after he took action and decided to take matters into his own hands, and God was going to hold him accountable for killing his brother, then he worried that someone would kill him. And as I talked about last Sunday as well with Noah and his family, you and I both know that if that were our family, there'd be things that we would have worried about as well. I can't imagine daughters-in-law not worrying about their father-in-law Noah. Or the wisdom of their husbands who blindly followed Noah to do whatever he said. And then when they wanted to get on a boat for how long with how many animals? You know that worry was a part of that. And the first time that there was enough rain and enough water to actually lift the boat off of where it had been settled. And you felt that boat rock a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. There's not a single person in Scripture that's recognized for their faith, like in Hebrews 11, for example, that didn't have to overcome their worry with their faith. I mean, you think about Abraham and Sarah. Where do you want me to go? How do I know when I'm going to get there? You, you want, you want, you're going to give us a baby? Do you know how? How's that going to? Will I be able to? Yeah. And then the, the son, Isaac? Where's the sacrificial lamb? Dad, what are you doing? Put the knife down, Dad. Joseph. God's going to bless me. God's going to bless our family. God's going to, God's going to, God's going to. God, where are you from the prison cell? Moses, going back to Egypt to set God's people free. You want me to go? God, I can't do that. How are you going to do that? I, what if nobody listens to me? Or even Rahab in Jericho, who was worried about her future when God's people invaded their territory and attacked their city. Not to mention David. You've got Goliath. Maybe he wasn't worried about Goliath. But what about King Saul, who was constantly chucking spears at him, trying to kill him? And then there's the affair that he tried to cover up for over a year. Yeah, people of faith have always struggled to overcome worry. And Jesus knew that sooner or later he needed to address that subject of worry. And he starts by asking questions like, 
Can worry add one more hour to your life? Can worry shorten your life? Does worry add value to your life? So these are the questions that laid the foundation that Jesus did when he began to address the issue of worry in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He starts it this way by saying, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, or the stuff that money buys. See, Jesus just comes flat out and says it. You have to decide what you're more committed to. You have to decide what you're more devoted to. Because you can't have it both ways. That's what Jesus says. You can't have it both ways. You either have God values or stuff values. And whether or not you want to have that conversation, Jesus thinks it's important enough for us to have that conversation. When he connects that statement to this one in verse 25, therefore, and that's the connecting point, I tell you, don't worry about your life. That's pretty generic. Jesus, what do you mean, don't worry about the things that you worry about? You know, the things in life. Things like what you eat, what you drink, about your body, what you wear. And by eating and drinking, Jesus addresses the everyday stuff that's on everyone's mind. We worry about the cost of living. We worry about how we can afford to keep this up. We worry about things like housing and cars and clothes and school fees and, and, and prodigals in our family, in our hearts, job security, retirement. We worry about housing. We worry about everything like that. And Jesus... Are you saying these things aren't important? Am I just supposed to live in a van down by the river or what? And y'all old because you know what I'm talking about. He's not saying they're not important, but he is saying we can face the uncertainty about all of those things without being consumed and controlled by that worry. Hear what he says in verse 25 of Matthew 6. Isn't there more to life than eating? Aren't there more important things for the body than clothes? Man, those two questions haunt me because I know what I worry about. I lose track. I lose track of what there is really about life and the things that are important in that life. And yet here, Jesus is trying to pull us out of the hyper-focused panic of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the only way to do that is with this splash of cold water in the face to give us a fresh perspective. It's as though he's saying, you need to get a grip. Get a fresh grip. Isn't there more to life? Let's remember what's really important in life. And then Jesus gets super simplistic with the obvious in verse 26 when he says, Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he nails it home with this. Are you not much more valuable 
than they. You see, the important thing of what Jesus is teaching them is not denial. It's not just, you know, cover your eyes, plug your ears, you know, la, 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 la. No, it's not just to go through life oblivious to things, but to focus on the right things, the things that have the most value. Now, when we get hyper-focused on stuff, we tend to lose focus on God. Inflation doesn't care about me. The economy doesn't consider my life valuable. Nobody cares about you like God does. And nothing that you worry about worries about you. Yeah, that's kind of profound, isn't it? Nothing that you worry about worries about you, with one exception, God. Now let's talk about return on our investment. What is it that we get in return for all the worry that we're invested in? Well, verse 27 of Matthew 6, can, can worry add a single hour to your life? According to Jesus, all of our worry isn't going to get us anywhere. According to Jesus, all of our worry isn't going to give us any more certainty or any more guarantees. And if I've already done all I can do today with what I do have control over, then the only thing left for me to do is trust God with what I have no control over. So why worry about things I have no control over? Because it's easy. It comes natural to us. But what I know about God tells me this. I can trust him. And he's the only one that can actually do anything about tomorrow and the things that I don't have any control over anyway. So Jesus continues his train of thought. And, and, and he uses this super simplistic illustration in verses 28 through 30 of Matthew 6. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin, and yet he, you, I tell you that not even Solomon, in all of his splendor, read that, with all of his money, was dressed like one of these. And then he gets right to the heart of worry with this in verse 30. The contemporary English version phrases it this way. God gives such beauty to everything that grows in a field that even though it's here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, God will surely do even more for you. Why do you have such little faith? Now, I didn't connect those dots. Jesus does. See, here's his point. It's not that everyday life stuff isn't important, but that we have to trust God with it. That's why it's a trust issue. Because God, I, I know God can, I'm just not confident that he will. Now, we'd probably never say that out loud. I know God can, I just don't know if he will. But that's what God hears in our hearts when our hearts are filled with worry. I know you can, God, but I'm, I'm worried you won't. 
Think about how that could loosen the grip that worry has on each one of us if every day when we got out of bed in the morning and when we went to bed that night, when we laid down, we were absolutely convinced of this truth. I know there's a God, I know he loves me, and I know God can be trusted. Now you know as well as I do that we'd stop being consumed by worry if we acknowledged that fact. Not because we could control the future all of a sudden, but because we trusted the only one who does. That's why more faith is less worry. We should probably say that out loud to ourselves again. Guys, join me one time. More faith. Ladies? If Jesus says how much I worry is determined by how much faith I have, then there's kind of a logical question, right? Who am I really trusting? What is it that I'm really depending on? This is when Jesus really digs down deep on the issue of what worries me. This is what he says in verse 32 of Matthew 6. Brace yourself. Only people who don't know God are always worrying about these things. Well, but I worry about these things. What are you saying about me? God's saying the truth is what he's saying. Well, there it is, right? Jesus says when we're overwhelmed by worry, we're actually living like atheists. Yeah, I know, that sounds kind of harsh and judgmental. But Jesus raises a valid question, doesn't he? Is our life any different than someone who doesn't believe there's a God who can be trusted when our life is overwhelmed by worry? Because when it comes to worry, shouldn't that, shouldn't that be when our light as believers shines brightest in a dark world? When it comes to worry, shouldn't that be when people see the biggest difference between me as someone who believes in God and goes to church to worship and honor Him and those who don't? When it comes to worry, shouldn't that be when opportunity presents itself to me to give testimony to trusting God? Listen to how Jesus finishes his point in verse 32 of Matthew 6. Your heavenly Father already knows your needs. This is what separates people who believe in God from people who only trust themselves and try to control everything themselves. Let me say that again because I don't want you to miss that. There's a difference between people who say they believe God and people who try to control everything themselves. You've got the same everyday stuff going on in your life that they do. You've got money issues, they've got money issues. You've got drama with your kids, with your parents. They've got drama with their kids and their parents. You've got drama with your family, with your marriage. They've got that drama too. You've got drama with your job. They've got that drama too. You've all got all of the same stuff. 
So what ought to be the difference? If an angel came tonight with a message from God for you and simply showed up, didn't freak you out, well, okay, a little bit, but if that angel simply communicated one thing, God knows. If you got up the next morning and everything was the same, nothing else had changed, and even if you still didn't know how God was going to handle it, wouldn't knowing that God knows, that God cares, and that God is at work make a difference in how much you worried? Shouldn't it make a difference? Jesus wants us to know we have a Father in heaven who already knows all of our needs. <laughs> well, all righty then. That's some good stuff, right? He already knows what we need. But it goes beyond that. If he knows what we need, then are we willing to trust him to provide what we need? Well, if you know anything about Jesus, you know that just about the time you start to feel comfortable and confident, you know he's going to push you. And he does in verse 33 of Matthew 6, when he says, that's the way I learned it in King James, right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's probably even the, the way that you learned the song. But in taking a deeper look at it, this paraphrase probably strikes it more at the core. But more than anything else, submit yourself to the rule of God and what he wants you to do. Then he'll provide you with everything you need. Everything? Yeah. All of it. All the things you have no control over, he'll provide for. All the things you're worried about, he'll provide for. Things that you don't know how it's going to work out, he'll provide for it. That's what he says. This is the point where I'm going to ask David and the worship team to join me on stage. Just so you can focus on the last conclusion part. If he's going to provide for everything I'm focused on, if he's going to provide everything in my life that consumes my attention and squeezes my heart, then it only makes sense, right, that if I'm more devoted to me, trying to control my kids, my spouse, my marriage, my family, my job security, my finances, if I'm more focused on trying to control all that than I am devoted to trusting God to control them, then I'm probably going to end up worrying instead of trusting him. Because trying to control other people and circumstances to match my expectations will always create more worry and less faith. That's why Jesus invites us to surrender our entire life to him. Like, seek ye first his kingdom 
And that's why he taught them to pray. <laughs> like that soaring soprano lady in our memory of church in years gone by. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But that's when Jesus rolls it back around in verse 34 to this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. You have enough to worry about today. So here's what it comes down to. Are you ready to do that? Because you'll only be set free from your worry when you surrender your life to God's agenda. More faith brings us less worry. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.